Hey, you want that to go? And now some takeouts on the stories we're following this week. Money and politics. Toyota executives, of course, back on Capitol Hill today for questions about recalls. They're there all week. But money and politics, you have to follow the money on Capitol Hill. David Leventhal is communications director for the Center for Responsive Politics. He joins us now. His organization tracks lobbying money, congressional campaigns, and what law- and where lawmakers get their money. Dave, is there a conflict of interest uh, with Toyota from some of the lawmakers that are going to be questioning Toyota executives? Today? There's certainly a very large intersection between Toyota and the federal government, and there are some lawmakers who, for example, have had stock holdings uh, in Toyota. And uh, one of them, Jane Harmon, uh, a representative from California, actually recused herself just last night, uh, saying that she's not going to take part in the debate because, at least in 2008, the most recent records we have, she had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of Toyota stock. Now, this is why we have disclosure. So I suppose it's it would be one thing if these were if these were private. But what what about Toyota's lobbying? How much do they spend in support of members? Toyota is actually the largest lobbyer among all foreign automakers, bigger than Honda, bigger than Volkswagen, and only General Motors and Ford has actually lobbied the federal government to a greater degree over the past five years. In all, Toyota has spent about $25 million on federal lobbying efforts. That's in addition to money that its employees associated with Toyota have given directly to candidates in the the form of campaign contributions. Clearly something to keep in mind as we're watching the hearings today, lawmakers with personal interest in Toyota and also Toyota with an interest in lawmakers. David Leventhal, Communications Director for the Center for Responsive Politics. Now let's get another takeout from Vancouver and the Winter Olympics. Jason Stallman is covering it for our partner, the New York Times. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Okay, so for the Olympics today, let's start with Lindsey Vaughn, already a gold medalist from this Winter Olympics, but she could possibly get another one in an event today. Lindsey's skiing an event today. You know, she's had a few days off, so she's kind of like drifted out of everyone's attention for a little bit, and she's back in the giant slalom. This is not an event that she's been particularly strong in. In fact, her teammate, Julia Mancuso, who also has a couple medals here in Vancouver, she's a little bit better at this event than than Vaughn is. So uh, the Americans could come away with a medal, but don't be surprised if it's not Lindsey Vaughn. Okay, but the the big news, at least for me, but I'm sure for lots and lots of people, are the hockey quarterfinals. And this is exciting on both the men's side and on the women's side. What's going on? Well, on the men's side, you have what uh, many people would have called a gold medal game coming into the Olympics. It was pretty well well understood that Canada and Russia were fielding the best teams, and they were expected to ultimately meet for the gold medal. Canada had some troubles in their early round, so now they're having to face Russia in the quarterfinals after beating Germany today. Uh, so it, that, that's going to be a big showdown. You know, when Canada played the United States on Sunday, that was the highest-rated sporting event in television history in Canada. They said that two out of three Canadians were watching that game, uh-huh. and I uh, have to believe at least that many are going to be watching Canada-Russia today. The exciting thing for me as we start getting closer in is that, you know, there's a chance that both the women and the men's women, U.S. teams could be vying for a gold in hockey. This is true. The, in the, on the women's side, Canada and the United States clearly are far superior than the rest of the competition. So they're in the semifinals now playing different opponents, and uh, they'll certainly, almost certainly meet in the, in the finals, and uh, one of them is going to come away with a gold medal. It's very exciting. Jason Stallman, Olympics editor for our partner, The New York Times. And now on to Washington and the Supreme Court. You have a right to remain silent. You have a right to an attorney. If you're an attorney, uh, if you cannot afford one, an attorney will be appointed to you. I'm trying to quote the Miranda warning. 
that we're all familiar with. Now, it turns out that you don't have to do it exactly. After a seven-to-do decision at the Supreme Court yesterday, apparently police can now ad-lib Miranda rights. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to a court-appointed attorney. You have the right to sing the blues. You have the right to cable TV. That's very important. You have the right to sublet. You have the right to paint the walls. No loud colors. All right. They may not. They may not want to get that far afield. But here to explain the Supreme Court decision and the reasoning behind it is Adam Liptak, Supreme Court correspondent for our partner, the New York Times. Now, Adam, maybe not uh, the right to to uh, paint the walls and sing the blues, but what was the court saying yesterday? The court says that the Miranda warnings are really principles. It's not a form that is written out in the Constitution, but a series of principles. And so long as the police give you those principles, those ideas well enough, the Supreme Court's not going to give you a form, a card that you actually have to read from. The question in the case whether police in Tampa, and they had a little form of their own, got it right when they did say two things. They said, um, you have the right to, uh, to talk to a lawyer before answering any of our questions. That's fine. But then they didn't go on to say you have a right to have a lawyer with you when, when we ask you questions or that you have a right to ask for a lawyer once we start asking questions. The Supreme Court said that was close enough because at the end of the warning there was this kind of little catch-all phrase, you have the right to use any of these rights. Uh, at any time during the interview, and they thought that uh, criminals are smart enough to say, uh, that must mean I have a right to a lawyer with me at the interview. All right, well, we had, we had uh, the comedy Police Academy 2 at the top, which is, which is obviously not the real world. But in the real world, Adam Liptak from the, from the New York Times, it seems that if it's just principles officers have to impart, that they may be opening themselves up to many more legal challenges because principles are so murky. Aren't we going to see a lot more cases now about principles of Miranda? Cops will probably still be safer if they either go back to the original Miranda decision and more or less use the language in there. Or interestingly, the Supreme Court said that you can do it better than Miranda. It said the FBI does it the best of all. And the FBI actually has some very plain English language. It says, and this doesn't sound like the Miranda warnings, but it sounds pretty good. You have the right to talk to a lawyer for advice before you, we ask you any questions. You have the right to have a lawyer with you during questioning. Now, that's plain English. It doesn't sound like what you hear on the cop shows. It actually sounds a little bit better. The Supreme Court's point is it's not going to micromanage how cops do it, but it wants uh, at least the concepts to be put across. And I guess the other thing I'd say is that people have seen this on TV enough times that it doesn't really matter how you tell it to them because they've already heard it. They've already heard it, and they may already know their rights, or at least we hope they do, but police still have to inform you of your rights. It's your constitutional right. Adam Liptak of the New York Times Supreme Court correspondent, thanks for joining us.